Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Bach Week. It is. And it is also still summer, so we're still in our Set Apart to Serve series. It's like two worlds are colliding today. They are. And <laughs> what better way to conclude Bach Week than talk about a modern Bach? There you go. Okay, well, maybe not a modern Bach, but what was Bach's <laughs> vocation? He was He was a Kapellmeister, or as I mentioned in the, the previous episode cantor or cantor depending on how you spell it and pronounce it and so we're going to talk with a cantor or a director of parish music in just a moment thanks to concordia (laughs) university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon joining us today bethany johnson she's cantor or director of parish music at saint john lutheran church in topeka kansas bethany thanks so much i should say cantor johnson thank you so much for joining (laughs) us today on the coffee hour Yes, thank you for having me. We are excited to learn about your vocation as a director of parish music, or some use that your parish uses the term cantor or contour. And, and we could probably spend half of our time talking about what those terms mean, cantor, contour, and director of parish music. I, they're all related, all very similar. So what is the role of director of parish music just in general, not only just in your your position, the, the other directors of parish music that, that you know out in the LCMS? What are some of the general responsibilities of a director of parish music? Yeah, so most generally, if you, know, you were to explain it to someone in the simplest sense, it really is just serving God's word with music. And we think of music as a handmaiden to the gospel. And so that to me really drives everything I do here at St. John's. And more specifically, it gets into worship planning, playing the organ during church, arranging special music. And then another facet of that within you know that area is, is incorporating the congregation members in the life of the church, in the life of our worship together. And so I've just got a com- just great joy in working with even three and four year olds on up to adults in different capacities through different choirs and children's services, children's choirs. And then also really most importantly with that is also teaching the faith through music. And to me, you know, it's not just playing the notes. It's not just, you know, going through the motions. It's really actively teaching that faith and using, using using what we're doing here in the service and what we're singing to enrich the lives of those who are singing it and those who are hearing it. So that's been a a great blessing for me and for, for others and really for the whole church at large. It's a, it's a very exciting vocation, I think, to have that responsibility to be teaching the faith through music. That's such a, I know for me, that was a very integral part of my childhood, of my education. This is my formation as a young Lutheran growing up in the church. So I think it's, it's a very exciting thing for you to be able to do all of this. What does that look like for you specifically? What does that look like day to day, week to week? What are some of the, the, exciting and maybe not so exciting things that that you get to do every week in this vocation. Yeah, so you know, different times of the church year are different and every week is different. Sometimes the year I'm, you know, really heavily focused on one thing or or this one thing. I'm always always planning ahead. I I think that's really I'm not 
I'm probably lean more towards type B personality and just kind of go with the flow, but it's really helped me um, really be organized. I'm always staying on top of things as far as looking ahead to what's going on. So there's a lot of planning that goes on. At the same time, there's rehearsals being held. There's always a piece to be practiced. There's always, you know, emails to be sent and, you know, could you take part in this and that. And so, and of course, during the church year, a lot of have, you know, heavily focused on a certain times of year with a lot of services. And, you know, actually right now coming up, we're getting ready for our sixth annual, annual worship conference here at St. John. So that's a big part of what I'm doing here in the summer is getting ready for that. We've been able to pull in a lot of pastors and church musicians and lay members to come to St. John's for a one-day conference. And to me, that's that's been a joy as well, being able to help the church at large. So yeah, just every week's different. I'm able to kind of manage everything, you know, as need be and really enjoy it kind of, yeah, being involved at on church, at the church, but then also the planning that goes behind that. You mentioned having a conference. Why is it important in your vocation to, to one, stay connected to other church workers who are working in, in together on, well, you mentioned worship conference. So why is it important to stay connected to other church workers who serve in similar capacities? But two, also just to, to, to continually be learning as well. If you're you know, hosting a conference or attending a conference, why, are, why is it important? Yes, it's just a huge part of, you know, who we are especially working in the church, that continuing education really, really bolsters what we do. You know, we're always wanting to learn more. I think it's wrong to get to a point where you say, oh, I've learned all I can and I'm just going to stay here. And, and I think if you're able to um, continue to excel in your position, you know, especially as musicians, we, we have higher, you know, high, good high standards. And I think it's good to reach those you know, as, as, as much as we can. I think it's good to be able to know your limits and what your congregation can handle and, and should be able to handle. And it's just been a great way to build that collaboration as well. Another way to build the body of Christ together, not just in individual congregations, but the church at large. And um, we've seen a lot of great benefits from that for sure. So different workshops for organists, helping pastors chant, but then even more just just learning and diving in more deeply into what our liturgy is and hymnody and and all of that. We bring in a different speaker every year. So it's been been a great time. So you mentioned that some seasons are more intense, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think that's the word you use, but that, you know, so, some seasons are busier than others. Mm -hmm. We're in the green season right now, probably not extremely busy. So what are you working on now since it's what July going into August? Mm -hmm. Are you already working on Advent and Christmas stuff, or is that too far down the road? Well, it's it's definitely in my mind. We are, I'm in the process, really, I like to plan a good, you know, four or five months in advance. And so right now, Christmas and Advent, they're, they're really in my mind, you know, kind of culminating. And I'm, I'm working on special music for choirs and instrumentalists. I pull in different different smaller choirs and duets and trying to plan when they're going to sing during the year. So right now it's a lot of just the scheduling, purchasing music, planning things out. And it helps, it helps me, it helps the choir members know what's coming up. So they're not kind of thrown for a loop. But yeah, Advent and Christmas to me feel like, yeah, in two weeks. So 
we it's nice to just have things ready to go and and it helps in terms of music there's a lot of practicing and planning that goes in and it's all it's all worth it for sure yeah there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces that happen to plan all of the the different parts of the the music and the liturgy and all of those things that happen throughout the church here. Are there are there parts of your vocation that people are surprised to know that that these are things that fall under your jurisdiction? Like things that, that maybe are, I don't know, just different that, that you get to do as part of your vocation. Yeah. You know, it's I think in every church it's it could be different, you know, as far as, you know, what their what what the needs are of the congregation. I think most people probably don't know what goes on on my end on a Sunday morning. I'm I very I'm very much involved with the Sunday school kids and being there for their opening worship or, or opening service. And so, you know, big into that. I think the other thing coming up, yeah, in around Christmas would be the Sunday school children's program and put in a lot of work for that as well. And I work with the Sunday school superintendent. So there's a lot of things too, as far as, yeah, meeting, being at staff meetings, being involved in communication with other leaders of the congregation. So I think sometimes, yeah, I think in a normal, you know, person in the pew would probably think only of just playing the organ. And, and of course that is the case, but there's so much more that goes on. It could be yeah, looking at music, purchasing music. There's always there's always something going on. So, oh, looking not just like planning music, but yeah, picking out music and literally like ordering music mm -hmm. or shopping yeah. for music too. That all yep. takes time. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, just going through catalogs cat of new music. Right, exactly. <laughs> always. Wow. Yeah. And it also helps increase, you know, creativity. So it's nice to know mm -hmm. what's going on a couple months from now because creativity, you know, a lot of times, yeah, it could happen, you know, on a whim, but it also takes some deep thought into it. And there's a lot of logistics to think about too when you're dealing with people and schedules and, and how long does it take to rehearse a piece? You know, that, those kind of things are always going through my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned playing the organ there and also working with children in Sunday school. Are there other music groups at your congregation that you work with? Yes, we have an adult choir called the Contrari. And so they will sing about once a month, but most also on feast days and festivals. And then we have a handbell choir too as well, Ecclesia Bells, Church Bells. You can think that's what the name comes from. And those are the two main groups that I work with. And I also have different soloists and, and cantors with a C. That's how I call them. So to distinguish, because really cantor means sing. And so you can think of it that way too as well. And different instrumentalists. I do have a brass group, a nice, good size, you know, full brass. And we have timpani too as well. So we were able to kind of do a lot and whatever the need, however the need arises in, in different services and circumstances. Wow, really serving, man. That's a that's a tall order. All the I mean, that's serving the that's congregation that way. That's a that is that is a lot of logistics <laughs> in coordinating groups like that. And wow, more to learn about director of parish music in just a moment. I am enjoying the conversation. I, now I want to know how one becomes a director of parish music. We'll find out more in just a little bit right here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golsa.
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Bach Week. It's also part of our Set Apart to Serve series, so we're doing a mashup. We're talking <laughs> about church musicians, particularly directors of parish music, much like Bach was, mm-hmm. Capella Meister, director of parish music. We're talking today with Cantor Bethany Johnson. She serves as director of parish music at St. John Lutheran Church in Topeka, Kansas. And you have shared with us just a, a beautiful picture of all the things you get to do, or many of the things you get to do as Cantor at St. John in Topeka the many groups you get to work with, all the, the the music that you get to select and help lead. What does it take to be a director of parish music? What are the skills needed? And then we'll get into like actual all the steps in education to become a director of parish music. But what are the skills that one would need even to to be on that path to becoming a director of parish music? Yeah, so my whole life I've been playing music. Obviously, that's a big part of mm-hmm. being able to direct music. You have to be able to play it and, and understand it. There's just a lot of work that goes into learning an instrument. For me, I, I grew up playing sev- several instruments. That was just really my my love for music and wanting to learn different kinds of instruments. So that's helped me also work with other musicians as well. And I, you know, throughout my life have have had music, private music lessons from various teachers. So that extended through high school and then even to college. I went to Concordia, Wisconsin, and then continued my education at the University of Kansas. So believe it or not, got my master's in church music there. So even even a more religious focus was able to deepen that knowledge of music. And even, you know, my organ teacher, he was a Lutheran as well and, and, and had that foundation of theology. And so I've been grateful for all my, my organ teachers to be able to not only learn music, but even understand it in a, you know, in a theological sense. And so I would say that's the other facet of this is as a director of parish music in a church, to be able to love theology, love God's word, to be able to connect that to what you're doing, to be able to teach that to others is is a huge, huge deal. And that's really what, what helps the music come alive in a sense, to have that foundation, most importantly. Who are some of the people that were influential to you or encouraging to you as you were a young budding church musician, uh, learning instruments and, and getting involved in church music as a child? Who were some of those people that were encouraging and, and influential for you to even choose this this vocation? Yeah, so most importantly, my parents. We just grew up in a, a family who, you know, God's word was number one, our faith, our devotions around the table, singing hymns. Even my extended family, we sing hymns all the time. I grew up playing music, so my mom was also an organist at our church, still is, and my dad's a pastor. And and so to me, it was uh, 
growing up in the life of the church and serving others. And I would say all my pastors really have been influential. Most of them really have had a knowledge of music too as well, which is always a perk. But one of my pastors, he was also my teacher in high school at our classical school. And at my senior recital, I played for my instruments. It was quite a feat for me. And, and, and it was really at the end of it, he, he gave me a poem and, and I, I framed it. It's in my office. I would say that is a huge kind of stepping point for me kind of going forward. Would you mind I read it? It's shorter. (laughs) It's here in my office as I'm sitting here. Or Miss Wilmer, that's my maiden name. That's where he wrote it to, to he wrote it to. It's called, The Music is a Gift More Powerful Than Man with All His Willpower Can Move, Since It is God's Prerogative and Will to Move the Heart from Bitterness to Love. And next to God's pure word, what else is pure? But what can hold the gospel's precious gem? Made holy by the word it must endure beyond musicians and what conquers them. From chords composed to find out and destroy the pride that keeps us in captivity. From anger into meekness, then from joy to sadness and to greater jubilee is music when attended by the word that moves our hearts to song for Christ our Lord. So that was written by Mark Pastor Mark Preuss. And that's been huge for me and going forward, continue to have that support from all the churches that I've been been at. and. And that would be, yeah, what's taken me to where I am today. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about that formation of a director of parish music. You mentioned attending Concordia University, Wisconsin. What are some of the classes that, that help one prepare for serving as a director of parish music? Yeah, so we took, obviously, organ lessons from my organ professor, John Banky. has been wonderful, and was also taking, obviously, theory classes, church music history classes, and another big facet was also being a part of the touring choirs, both Comer Corps and Alia Ringers. And so that really added a, another aspect of serving others with music and being able to travel to so many different places, both within the United States and internationally. And so those are, and obviously then conducting all of the different facets that go into what music is, how to understand it, and then how to lead others with it. Mm-hmm. And since this is Bach week, we, you know, we have to talk about a little bit about Bach too. Oh, yeah. What part, <laughs> of course, what part did, did Bach play in all of this? I'm sure there was some that you probably had to learn to play or sing or maybe even conduct. Where, how, did, how did the music of Bach play a role also in, in your formation as a church musician? Yes, it's been a huge, huge one for sure. Not just playing his music, just a complete joy. And it takes work too. I mean, he's he he made it. He makes it challenging. And there's so much I remember learning in different classes of the symbolism in his music, and especially even you know the pieces that I was playing. You know, one of them that I play a lot during Lent and Omensch Bevine, which is a gorgeous piece that. Um, by the, you know, through the music tells the, the, you know, shows the picture of Christ walking to the cross. And so even at the end of the piece, the ornamentation is stripped or there's no, you know, extra notes. 
the the tempo is slowed down. I mean, it really just reaches to the end. And, and through that entire piece, it's just a great way to meditate on what Christ has done for us on the cross. And of course, you know, his work with the chorales and all the hymns, that's huge as well. And it, it really, it really sets them apart as far as, you know, kind of sets them at a higher, higher level of appreciation. And, and of course, you know, at the end of all, bottom of all his music, he'd always put soli Deo Gloria, which means to God be the glory. And so that's, that's really what I always appreciated with Bach is, is that service, that complete service to God's word with the music and, and even as he played it, to God be the glory. We had the privilege of learning more about Bach and his service to the church and really learning more about how much he had to spend time in study of the word in order to prepare music for each Sunday of the church year in the, the congregations where he served. Uh, would you say that that is still very much so a part of your vocation as a director of parish music as well, the studying the text, knowing the, the theme and in order to prepare music for the, the upcoming Sunday? Yes, for sure. I was just talking with our vicar about it today, kind of leading through, you know, what we do in worship planning. And in my mind, the music is not really just the wrapping, you know, the gift. It's really a part of it all. And the service being one whole you know, cohesive unit, in a way, it's, it's, it's an art, you know, in, in terms of what we, what we have in the worship service and how it connects very closely to the readings. And so, there's, there's a lot of study that goes in and you know, always, always thinking about what's being, what's the theme of the Sunday? What's the theme of the church year? What's the theme from the readings and, and what kind of, you know, theological basis we can use for selecting our hymnody and, and being able to use our hymnody to, to teach the faith as well and proclaim what God has done. Do you have any any insight, any wisdom for young people who are thinking that maybe a vocation as a as a cantor or a church musician is something that, that they're looking forward to, or or even for parents who have children who are very interested or very active in, in music programs in their schools or their churches? Do you have any wisdom for people who are who are thinking about and considering this vocation of being a church musician? Yes, I would say, you know, if you see a talent there, encourage it and foster it. I think, too, you know, I've been, obviously, we've all been middle schoolers. We know how they are. I think I got to a point where I didn't want to learn the violin anymore. I didn't want to, you know, continue in trumpet or, and, you know, I, I think back at those days where, um, and then, you know, too, it's hard to really know, oh, can I do this? And the, the, thing that really got me kind of pushed in the service playing in, at church is I had posted on Facebook that I was able to play through a hymn on the organ and I loved it. And of course, I think a week later, our music director said, hey, you want to play in about a month from now in, in our church? And that kind of caught me off guard, but it was actually a great way for really to be pushed into doing it. And I think really others to see the potential in the youth is, is huge and to really see that before they do, and to help them see that as well. So that would be my main advice is, is to be able to, yes, foster those talents and encourage them. Do you have any young budding organists that that <laughs> that get to sit on the bench occasionally there at St. You know, not here at our church, but we actually have a, another LCMS church up north where I'm actually teaching several of their high schoolers organ. 
I am not only working here as a, the cantor, but I'm also, I started a music academy here at St. John's. And so through that, we've been adding on a lot of musicians taking private music lessons here at St. John's. And so some of them are organists. I've talked to several from the other churches too as well. And and I would say one in our church who's in second grade wants to learn organ. So there are some coming up for sure too as well. And, and some that I've been currently blessed to be able to teach. And they're, they're actually playing, you know, peace here too in their churches. And and one that I'm hoping to in the next year. So I'll continue to to push for that and all in good time. <laughs> Outstanding. Our guest today, Cantor Bethany Johnson, Director of Parish Music at St. John Lutheran Church in Topeka, Kansas. Thanks so much for spending some time with us during Bach Week and a Set Apart to Serve series here on the Coffee Hour. It's great to talk with you today, Bethany. Thank you. It's great to be here. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.